Since I'm a pastor, I don't worry. I don't worry because the Bible says, do not worry. And so this morning, for example, I didn't worry about what to wear. Old First Baptist, I was told, wear a tie. But I don't worry about that anymore because I read in the Bible, don't worry. So I don't really worry about what I wear, whether it's color-coordinated or tie or not or things like that. Now, I was going to wear shorts and flip-flops this morning, but Joyce said not to do that, so I did worry a little and and followed her lead. Uh, But I don't worry about what to wear anymore because Jesus said, don't worry about your clothes. Also, Jesus said, don't worry about your food, what you will eat. In order to help us not worry, Jesus went on to say that God in heaven make sure the sparrow, the little tiny sparrow bird, has something to eat. And he said, surely you're worth more than a sparrow. I mean, you can pick off a sparrow with a BB gun. And so we're encouraged not to worry about what we will eat because God provides for the sparrow. And so I don't worry about food either. Now, if I were to worry about food, it would not be that I don't have enough food, but that I have too much food. That's the worry, if I were to worry about food, but I don't. And I don't worry, uh, well, I don't worry about anything because Jesus said, don't even worry about your life. And so, uh, as I said, I just don't worry. Speaking of food, um, did you see the story about this fellow that was lost up in the uh, northern California in the sequoias? Um, he almost starved to death, and in order to, I don't know how quite he did this, but in order to keep from starving, he ate a condor. And eventually he was rescued, and they found out how he stayed alive by eating this condor. And, of course, you know, that's a criminal offense. So he went to uh, before the judge, and the judge said, you know, I have to carry out the law here. You cannot eat condors. They're endangered species. So I'm sorry, sir. I know you were going to die, but uh, I have to follow the law. However, before I pass your sentence, I'm just dying to know, what's a condor taste like? And the guy said, you know, it's somewhere between... A bald eagle and a spotted owl. (laughs) So anyhow, I don't worry about what to eat. uh, And I don't worry about my life. Jesus said, don't worry about your life. And that's a huge relief because I've always been young. And as I live my life, it seems like I'm getting older. But I'm not going to worry about that. I just don't worry about those things. How many of you are with me today? You, You believe me. Bill's kind, two people, you're not buying it, huh? Well, the truth is, um, I worry. And it seems to me what happens are, the curse of the thing is, it's two little words, what if, the what ifs of life. And as I think about the what ifs, as a pastor, I have to confess, I think, what if people stop giving their offerings? What if, I mean, it's really bothered me. They fixed up City Hall over $100 million. I think that's good, but this building was built at the same time. And so I think about, what should we be doing? You know, if they spent $100 million, maybe. So I think about, what if this old building? We can't take care of it anymore. And I have to confess, I think, what if people uh, get upset and they start leaving instead of coming in? What if we won't be bridges to our community? There are a lot of what-ifs that I carry as a pastor, and I have to confess sometimes I worry. Not to mention, 
I've got children. I'm a father. And two of our three sons, for some crazy reason, decided to start their own businesses. There's a whole other load. What if the economy goes down? Or what if... And I could go on and on and put you to sleep with my what-ifs and my worries, but I, I think you understand. So I opened the Bible to page 198, Philippians chapter 4, and I've been reading and studying this week, page 198, Philippians 4, 4 through 9, these verses. And in there, Paul picks up on Jesus' statement, do not worry. Now, as I was looking at this word worry in the New Testament, I realized that, uh, you know, worry, you could substitute the word anxiety or anxiousness or fretfulness or tension. Somebody said the old English word for worry is the word strangle. And my worries sometimes seem to strangle me. It's just like I can't, you can't breathe. It's a knot in your stomach. It's this, it's this challenge. And so, as I said, I was studying the word worry in the Bible and uh, what it means. And I found that actually in the New Testament, the word you see worry can be used in a good way or a bad way. The same word. Because earlier in chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says to the church in Philippi as he writes this letter, he said, I'm sending Timothy to you. There's nobody that shares the concern for your welfare as Timothy. And it's that idea of concern for their welfare it's not that he's worrying, he's talking about a healthy concern. And elsewhere, Paul uses the same word as he writes a letter to Corinth, and he said, you ought to be concerned for each other. And so, to be concerned about this ministry as a pastor, to be concerned about my children, that's a good thing. But somewhere, there's a line that I cross over, and then it's worry. I can't sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night. I can't get back to sleep. My stomach's in a knot or you start to sweat. I don't know what your expression would be. I'm just kind of talking about my own troubles today. And in, in light of that, I thought I would allow you just sort of lesson to, to, to listen in. It would be nice to put together, you know, four or five things to do to overcome worry. But I'm working on this myself. How can I whip worry? And so this morning, I'm going to think out loud as I have gone through this passage and been wrestling with it, I'm going to just kind of talk to Steve. You're welcome to listen in, okay? Is that fair enough? We're in Hebrews. We're in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. And as I struggled with these passages, uh, one thing that's been helpful is, Steve, you can whip worry by realizing the Lord is near. The Lord is near. In fact, in one of the verses, I think it's verse 4, he says that, the Scripture, the Lord is near. That's a great verse to memorize from Philippians. The second verse that is written there is, I will never leave you or forsake you. The very words taken from Jesus as recorded in the book of Hebrews. And so it's helpful, Steve, to remember that the Lord is near. Now, I have no doubt that Paul wrote this because, in part, he was thinking about his own life and... Uh, the various things he had been through in life. There was a time, for example, when Paul was on a ship going from one place to another in the Mediterranean and an enormous storm came up that didn't quit, much like the movie The Perfect Storm. 
And as the waves crashed over the boat, as the days went by, literally, the sailors, the experts on that board, gave up hope and said, we're going to die. We cannot make it through this storm. That night, Paul says, the Lord came to me. An angel of the Lord stood by me and said, Paul, you're going to go where I want you to go. This ship is not going down. If these guys will relax, they're going to be all right. So Paul got up in the next morning And as only Paul could do, I think, he said, Guys, I told you so. We're going to be all right. The Lord was near last night and told me we're going to be all right. And they were. They crashed onto an island and all were saved. And so as Paul says the Lord is near, it's helpful for me to remember that the Lord is always near me. And when I get anxious, when I just don't know what's going to happen, I need to remember, like Paul remembered, like Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The Lord is always near. And that's very encouraging to me, but I need to do a better job of realizing I'm not alone. The Lord is near. In fact, the story you just heard would be another proof text to that, that God is always near us and working in our lives. So, Steve, remember the Lord is near. He's always with you. Practice the presence of Christ. Also, really, you can whip worry by talking to the right person. You can whip worry by talking to the right person. Would you read this verse for me? We're going to put it up on the screen, and uh, let's read it together. This is from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6. Are you ready? Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, in your worship folder, there's an outline, and I want to encourage you to do some underlining today. And it's my hope that you'll actually take this outline with you and put it somewhere where you can refer to it this week, study it, or go over it yourself as you think about it. But I've underlined three words here. They all have to do with prayer. The first one is prayer. The second one is supplication. And the third one is request. Now, as you underline that, you might say, well, what's the difference? I don't know. There actually isn't much different. Paul's just trying to make the point here to talk to God. And so as I think about this, I realize I'm supposed to talk to God rather than talking to myself when I'm worried. There's a solution, Steve, if you'll just remember to talk to the right person. That's Jesus. Now, friends, let me tell you how this has worked in my life. Uh, And I've shared this story before. I'll probably share it again. A number of years ago, we had a teenage son who will remain nameless, but he was in high school, and we had a lot of trouble. And so much so that I literally didn't sleep. I would wake up in the night. I couldn't sleep at night. I was just, uh, we had done everything we could, and it was, he had finally moved out of the house. He was far away. I had no control over his life, and I was just scared to death over this son I loved. I worried. A dear counselor named Mitch, and I will always honor God for Mitch and what he taught me, but uh, from him I learned a prayer, and so every night, God is my witness, every night, I'd get home, it might be at midnight, I'd still walk the dog Jake, we had this big old dog, I'd put Jake on the leash and we'd go for a walk through the neighborhood, we'd always go to a park, I'd let him off the leash, he'd run up the hill, and sometime during that walk I would say this word, these words, Lord, thank you for taking care of, and I'd name my son. Maybe I'd heard from him, maybe I hadn't. But I would always pray that prayer. And when anxiety seemed to close in on me so I could hardly breathe, I would pray that prayer. Lord, 
thank you for taking care of, and I would name him. And it was my way of doing what Jesus said to do, that is to cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. And both in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that verse. Cast your cares upon the Lord. And so I tried to do that with that simple little prayer. Cast your cares on the Lord. Perhaps you are worried about someone right now. It might be someone in Iraq or Afghanistan. It might be a child, as in my situation. It might be a spouse. Uh, It might be a dear friend. And as you worry, I want to remind you, you could cast that on the Lord and let him carry that burden. Steve, there's another help. Not only do you remember the Lord is near, not only do you talk to the Lord, but Steve, you can whip worry by thinking the right thoughts. It really is pretty important to think right. Let me read this scripture. I'm going to ask you to underline the word think, so look for it. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. Let me pause. Those are some pretty good words, aren't they? I mean, you could spend a day each week one day of the week on each word. Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and there is, and if there is anything worthy of praise, and there is, think about these things. So I remind myself when the worry is overcoming me, Steve, what are you thinking about? Someone has done some research, and you've seen these statistics, but let me refresh you. Forty percent of what we worry about never happens. Forty percent. Not going to happen. 30% is in the past, and you can't change it. 12% is needless worry about health. 10% are petty, leaving only 8% of what we we worry about that's actually a legitimate matter of concern. 8%. Steve, remember that the Scripture says that as you think, you are to take every single thought captive to Christ. Wow. Wow. Every thought, captive of Christ. So a thought, and this is in your outline if you want to refer to it later. So a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. So, Steve, ask yourself the next time you worry, what are you thinking about? And then finally... You can whip worry by living the right way. You can whip worry by living the right way. Would you read these scriptures with me? There are a couple. We're going to underline the ones underlined. Let's read. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And then this one. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, the three words we underline there are the words rejoice. It comes up twice. The word gentleness. Paul says, as you you live this worry-free life, Steve, you are to let your gentleness be known to everyone. Hmm. That's a load for some of us. Gentleness. 
And then he says, keep on doing these things. Now, I remember as I was studying, I was remembering Jesus talked about worry to somebody else, and there was a dinner he was invited to one time. Can you imagine having Jesus in your house? And he sits down and starts talking. Well, this woman got up, and she, she was very concerned about, what am I going to feed him? Jesus is here. What am I going to feed him? She's bustling and bustling about. And it got so bad that she railed on her sister for not helping, and Jesus interrupted and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted about many things. you got so much going on. One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that one thing. Wow. Wow. And so sometimes when I'm worried, I need to look at the things that I'm doing and say, Steve, you're doing all this stuff, and Jesus hasn't even asked you to do it. Why are you so stressed out? And I have to remember his words to Martha, because I'm probably more like Martha than Mary. I just want to get it done. And Jesus said, you're worried and distracted. And so I try to remind myself that Jesus is near, that I can talk to him, that I need to think about what I'm thinking about, and I need to do what I ought to be doing as he lays it out, and I need to do it gently as Jesus would do it. And then there's this amazing promise. If I'll do those simple things, if I'll remember Jesus is near, if I'll talk to God, if I'll think what I ought to think and do what I ought to do, there's this amazing promise. Let me read it to you. And the peace of God. Wow. The shalom of God, which you can't even understand. It passes all understanding, will guard like a sentry at the door. It will protect your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What a promise. God's peace. So, worry is whipped when peace comes. And I can realize, wow, I'm sleeping like a baby. I feel good. What's wrong with me? Nothing. God's peace has come to my soul because I have done the things that Paul talks about doing here in this little section as he wraps up this book or letter in Philippians chapter 4. So, friends, how about you? Do you worry? If, if you did worry, stay with me, if you did, what would you worry about if you allowed yourself to worry? Is it a child? Is it growing older? Is it money or food? What are those things that put a knot in your stomach? What are those things that make you break out in a sweat or you can't sleep at night or you can't focus? What, what's that one thing or two things that you worry about? And are you willing to do what Jake and I did as I took the dog for a walk? I said, Lord, I thank you for taking care. And this morning I want to give you just a moment of silence to pray. Right where you are, you can pray silently. But I'd encourage you to do this, is to think about that one or two worry and to say, Lord, I give you this, and just name it what it is. That's step one. Lord, I give you this. And step two is then to say, Lord, I thank you for taking care of. And in that way, you're casting your cares on the Lord, remembering he cares for you. So a moment of silence, and then I'll pray. Lord, like Martha, we are worried and distracted and troubled about many things. Forgive us for fretting. 
Take our fears and turn them to faith. Take our worries and help them be healthy concerns. Lord, would you speak again to us your words of life? Cast your cares on the Lord. Father, thank you for helping us to know that we don't have to worry. And we pray that we may live by faith today, trusting you with our lives, trusting you with everything. In Christ's name, amen.